Ladies and gentlemen, from the mind of Kobe Bryant. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait, this isn't Kobe Bryant's show. Check that, check that. From the mind of John Miller, this is the Everybody Trades Podcast. Ah, yes, that's right, everybody. We're back once again after about a two-week hiatus, but ah, who's counting, right? Certainly not you. But we're here, and I just thought I'd throw in that silly little joke at Kobe Bryant's expense for all of you who've been out there watching the NBA playoffs. My God, is he brilliant or what, guys? (laughs) Anyway, I like my own joke. But you're not here for my stupid jokes. As usual, you're here for my market take, though. And boy, it's been an interesting couple weeks, I gotta be honest. A week and a half or so ago, I was feeling kind of bad about myself. I definitely was emotionally panicking a little bit. But, fortunately, with my more than a dozen years of experience now, I didn't make any panic moves. You see, that's the key. I am a human being, and I am gonna have emotions. Just ask my wife. She was probably getting tired of my emotions last week. But, we recovered I'll be honest, I, I did, there might have been some panic, maybe the panic is the wrong word. I did have some, as, as you guys know, I took some profits in Facebook, I took some profits in Google, also known as Alphabet, and obviously with the, now that those stocks are a little bit higher, I wish I hadn't sold them there, but I do definitely live by the motto of bulls make money, bears make money, pigs get slaughtered. I don't want to be a pig when I feel like there's a danger there. But I think the lesson was really Mark Zuckerberg's whole his whole appearance before Congress was all kabuki theater essentially. There was never going to really be any big smackdown laid on on Mark Zuckerberg. This was just a moment. He just happened to be the guy of the day that happened to be the piñata for the Maxine Waters of the world to beat around and get a few votes, possibly. That was basically how I looked at that whole thing. But fortunately, I won't completely beat myself up because, in large part, I really didn't make a lot of changes. They were all, I didn't, I certainly didn't panic out of my defense stocks, even though those have taken a big dive, but they're recovering just fine. I have no worries about those stocks the long term. The lesson here is there are going to be bumps in the road in the stock market if you can't handle a little pain in the short term this is not this is not something you should be doing is holding individual stocks in fact if you don't think you can hold of an individual stock just buy berkshire hathaway just follow warren buffett the heck with it how could you do if you're just gonna blindly follow an index blindly follow a person without actually buying individuals buy buy berkshire hathaway B-A-A-R-K dot B. Just buy that. Move on with your life. However, if you want to follow individuals, you should follow me. And frankly, I think I'm going to beat Buffett this year. I know that's an arrogant thing to say, but I believe as much as great as Buffett is, I think I can be a little more nimble while still taking the long-term view. So stick with me on this stuff. If you happen to remember, I told you to buy Amazon under $1,400 and... 
hold it for the long term. But if you wanted to make a quick trade, sell it at 1600 Well, guess what? Today, Friday, the 11th, we officially hit 1600 Hey, good job. Victory lap. Sorry, I'm going to pat myself on the back for a second. Thank you very much. Yes, that was a good trade. You're welcome. That was a nice 14%. Cool stuff. Cool beans. Also, an excellent quarter from Honeywell. Aerospace business is doing great. As we know, the the, aer- the aviation business is... As, sorry, let me back up. As the Southwest incident where that woman unfortunately died, where the, the window of the plane shattered and the woman was literally yanked out of the plane, that shows, unfortunately, a lot of these planes are, are showing their age. They're getting to be 20 years old in some cases. And But that's only a good thing for a company like Boeing and certainly a Honeywell. And they've had a, they had a just reported a great quarter. I'm going to stick with them for sure. Also, PayPal, another great quarter for them. That's an excellent company. They have great management. PayPal is all over the place, and so is their parent. Not their parent, but their other uh, property that they own, which is Venmo. If you're, if, you're have, if you're a younger person, you're well aware of Venmo. You don't need my... You don't need my advice on that one. It's practically electronic payments meets social media. It's, a, it's kind of an interesting concept. If you never ch- checked out Venmo, you should really download it on your phone and uh, check it out because it is helpful. It's not just a silly thing that the kids are doing. I promise you it's a, it's a helpful deal. And it's one of the big reasons why I still own PayPal as a stock. Now, my biggest position was before this podcast and remains Raytheon, which is, of course, the missile contractor, which is in the defense sector. Now, it's easy to say I should have flipped at least some of my Raytheon up when it hit 240. But frankly, I just don't want to do that. I, I like it for the long term. And, and frankly, I'm not a hedge fund manager. I know that I, I've taken some profits on a few things here and there. That's mostly just to, for discipline purposes. I'm not looking to for instance, with Spotify, I sold at 162, and now it's come back down to 157. I might buy some of that back. That was that wasn't me trying to predict the future and trade and be a genius. That was just all about having discipline. See, I talk a lot. I've talked a lot about having conviction in your stocks. Well, at a certain point, you need some discipline too. If something has gone straight up, particularly leading into a quarterly report as Spotify had. I think it's prudent to take some profits off the table there. Stocks are a risky deal, and sometimes when you, you have a gain, especially in a, in a quicker, a sharp gain in a period of time, you want to lock that in because it's almost certain that you're going to get a better price eventually. Now, don't get too cute, but you can trade around a core position if that makes sense. Still keep the bulk of what you have, but you can still, when you have spikes up or spikes down, if you feel like it, you know, it goes five, ten percent one way. A lot of those, those, those little little trades can add up. Now, even though the market is acting a lot better since it was a couple weeks ago, a lot more bullishly, the stock of United States Concrete is still acting like crap, to be honest. And I'm not going to sit. I, I still like it for the long term. I'm not going to panic out of that stock. But here's a good point to make. In a few months, if U.S. concrete is higher, I will be able to say that I was early. 
that I was just a little bit early on the stock and that eventually I was proven to be right. However, as of today, I'm down some 15% on that position. So as of today, I am wrong, okay? Just because I didn't I haven't sold the stock and officially taken a loss or a gain or anything, I am wrong today, okay? That's not to beat myself up, it's to be realistic and to in the future learn maybe my timing better, something like that. The point is is I beat myself up a lot in this game and you're it's it's not easy. This is not an easy game, but you have to constantly reevaluate and I have reevaluated US concrete and even though it's going against me and it's going against you if you've been following my advice, I would advise you to not panic because that company is very well positioned to still benefit in a world where people don't or people are seemingly hostile to imports from outside of this country and in a world where we want uh, we want to spend more and more on infrastructure. U.S. concrete is very well positioned here. Speaking of tariffs, a lot of people thought that the company like Whirlpool was going to really benefit because there was a big tariff on imported washing machines that, that came into play. But, as we know, there's also an import on steel. Or, I'm sorry, not an import on steel, but a tariff on imported steel. Well, guess what washing machines are made out of? Steel. Yes, that's right. So while it was obviously one of the tariffs was good for Whirlpool, it was out balanced by the steel, which the steel tariff, which is the majority of their input costs. Well, whoops. So everybody who bet on Whirlpool got killed because of that. Thank you very much, protectionists. I, I, that's the thing. You have too much protection. It all starts, you know, you start uh, getting friendly fire. You have people shooting each other at that point. Your protectionists are no longer protecting you. They're firing, they're firing into each other's faces. Not a great thing. Keep that in mind the next time you hear somebody talk about raising tariffs in order to protect American goods because while we protected Whirlpool, we simultaneously put the screws to Whirlpool. Somebody want to let me know how that makes any sense? Can I also say, just as a quick aside, as an NBA fan, and just as a quick business analysis as well, I could not be happier that the NBA is a Nike league once again. Have you noticed that they quickly dropped those sleeve jerseys? Oh my god, how awful were those things? See, Adidas's thing was, hey, we need sleeve jerseys, so then people actually wear these jerseys like a normal shirt or whatever. That did not work at all. Well, Nike got rid of the sleeve jerseys, thank goodness. But here's what they did. They kind of took the same thought process that Adidas had, but they put it into their warm-ups. See, remember the warm-ups we all wore? If you're a child of the 90s like I am, those weird sort of, I don't know, giant warm-up jackets that were made of velour or polyester, I don't know, some kind of weird shiny material. Who wanted to, nobody would want to wear that except ironically out, out to a restaurant or, or out just, you know, working out at the gym or something. But now Nike brilliantly figured out, let's just make some good looking zip up hoodies that guys can warm up in and they'll actually, people will actually wear these things. Who doesn't like a good zip up hoodie? Once again, Nike wins again. Even in a bad market for shoes right now, that stock's doing well.
finally, if I may, and this might sound extremely extreme. How redundant is that? This might sound extreme to some of you, but I really mean it. I think unless your child has is extraordinary and has some sort of clear path to a, a high-paying job in terms of, oh, this person's going to be an engineer or something like that, I find I have a hard time recommending that anybody continues to contribute to their college fund. I just know too many people that in their 20s are $50,000, $100,000 in debt, and I just see no way that they're going to get out of this. And even if they, no, get me wrong, I shouldn't go that far. I see a way for them to get out of it. But what I do see it is a gigantic millstone hanging around their neck that is making it so difficult to get ahead. Just taking on this insane debt, especially when the interest rates are actually higher than what you can get at a bank right now, it's really, to me, it's immoral what we're, what we're charging these kids. I think it's disgusting. And not only that, you're getting diminishing returns on, on what you're getting at colleges, too. I think we've all seen that. Forget about the political ramifications of what's happening in college right now. Kids just aren't, they just don't know how to read and write like they used to. They just don't know history like they used to. I think regardless of which side of the aisle you are or whether you like or whether you'd like to blow up the aisle like I would like to, you can't possibly believe that kids are better educated today in terms of just the fundamentals, the absolute nuts and bolts of being a human being than they were 50 years ago, a hundred years ago. Who believes that? Nobody. And yet we just keep doing the same thing. Well, at a certain point, we're going to have to take our money away from these places. And by the way, the way college is going with more online classes, this brick and mortar thing is absolutely going away. I'm telling you, have the guts to think independently. Have the guts to not go bajillions of dollars in debt to fund your kids' indoctrination, not their education. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're going to be, I'll give my wife a lot of credit here. She was smart. She 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 worked at a hospital before she ever even went into nursing school got them to pay for the vast majority, if not all of it, I can't even remember. And she went to a fairly cheap, relatively cheap nursing school that had a good program, but she had to travel 30 minutes out of town one way, like an hour round trip every day, which is not something she enjoyed, but she did it. And I'm just, my point is here is not to put my wife up on a pedestal, which God knows I would love to. I love you, baby. You're the best. But the point is, is people have to make sacrifices. And it's one thing for to go to college for four years and learn how to get as drunk as you possibly can and have these new experiences and meet a bunch of friends and find yourself or whatever. Fine and dandy. When That calculation was fine for a lot of people when you didn't have to go thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. Now I just, I'm not sure where the value is anymore. If anything, it's become negative value for so many people. Even myself, I had a great experience in college. I didn't go deeply into debt or anything. But even I, if when I really genuinely look at it, I, had a, I have a journalism degree. 
that's great. I'm, it, maybe it helps me write better, and obviously it does help me write better. Hopefully it's helped me in this here podcast, in this here podcast. Hopefully it's helped me there. But the reality is I got into the trading business, and that was on my own intuition, my own motivation, and my own desires. It really had nothing to do with college. I think I could have probably learned more just in the workforce. So let's rethink this stuff. Let's stop the insanity. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, just a little food for thought. See you guys next time right here on The Kobe Bryant Show.